ओम ज्ञान exalted in exhibiting the qualities of a shatra actually he was here he was certainly a shatra but he he was so mild because he could fight also but his general tendency was to be very liberal and forgiving whereas for a shatra actually they should be not too much liberal yet but not liberal with rascals this is a mistake in modern society they say yes we should be liberal and open to everyone different people we should be considerate of others but in doing so they lose all sense of discrimination that we should give other people right that they be heard that their opinion be heard that this is not the idea of giving in charge charge to who should be heard those who are knowledgeable and who exhibit symptoms of spiritual advancement means brahm Ramana means not only knowledge of the world, exhibiting qualities, wisdom, self-control, non-attachment. These are the qualities of a Brahma. Actually, no one was allowed even to study the Shastra. Unless he was a Brahma, he was the initiated person. First you get your initiation. Upanaya is coming close to the Guru. It's formal ceremony as well. Then only is instruction and basic knowledge given. So the Guru has to see who is suitable to learn. Because who is not suitable, he may learn, but then he will misuse the knowledge. Just like we see nowadays, there are so many people who are commenting on scripture. They may be very learned in scripture, but they are not commenting properly. They are giving misunderstanding. So all these conditions were there. Kshatriya, he was supposed to be liberal in the sense he can forgive. 
someone makes a mistake, but if someone is just an out-and-out rascal, his duty is to punish him. So there may have been many fighters uh, in history who are more valiant. In the history of India there are many valiant fighters. Not in Gujarat. In Gujarat is there, they're not inclined for them. They have different, they have more Vaishya mentalists. They're heroes of business, business heroes. But you'll find in Maharashtra so many famous fighters, most famous is the Shivaji. Among the Punjabis, Sikhs, their gurus, they were all fighters. They were the gurus of the Sikh religion, they were not just talking, but they were fighters. You find the Sikhs, it's a religious principle, they have to, one of the laws, is like this person like Tila, they have to have a knife with them all the time. Because that's from their tradition, because they have to be ready to fight. So Sikhs, Prabhupada was commenting, actually this, uh, this British Empire was built on the Indian fighters. Mostly the Sikhs, the Gurkhas and the Jats. Jats are strong, not in the caste of peace. Especially the Sikhs and the Gurkhas from Nepal. The fighting spirit, fighters, fight or die. You fight, you kill, or if you but you don't run away. You'll rather be killed. Conquer or die. That uh, one story came from this war, the Falkland Islands War, when the British were fighting the Argentinians. This was about early 1980s. So that time even the British are using Gurkhas. They have so many British people that they prefer to so many big strong beef eaters from Britain. In Britain they, they say British beef eaters, they're very proud of them. We are beef eaters. Considered part of British culture. But still they prefer to call the Gurkhas. There's one story that in, in the Falkland Islands the Argentinian troops were sitting on top of a hill with a machine gun. And the Gurkhas charged uphill. Which means you sit with a machine gun and you just shoot them all dead. But they were so fierce, they were running and they were just, so they all, all the Argentinians ran away. There was another story from that war that, uh, they asked for some volunteers among the Gurkhas for a very dangerous mission. If it's a very dangerous mission, we're not going to force you, we're only going to take volunteers. We're going to drop you from the airplane in the, in the heart of the enemy forces. So who's volunteering? And only half volunteered. So the British officer said, I'm surprised. I thought, your girlfriends, you would all volunteer. And what's wrong? And he said, well, you know, we thought it wasn't a very good idea because if you drop us from the airplane, you'll all die. And now you can use parachutes. Okay, and then they all volunteer. <laughs> so that's spirit. Fighting spirit. Napoleon. France is Napoleon and Napoleon is France. There's a French thing. Prophet went to France. He said, well, where is France is here. Where is Napoleon? What happened to him? He's some dog or cat somewhere. So fighting spirit. 
Fighting spirit means not just violence for the sake of violence. That just before Napoleon was the French Revolution, in which they threw out all the kings. They threw out the kings. And they were killing, executing so many people. So that was just anarchy. But then Napoleon came and he again became the king. Proper application of violence. That means you get a strong man to rule the kingdom. And he wanted to conquer other places. Right. So they have the spirit, fighting spirit, Kshatriya spirit. Some quality is there. But we're not praising them. We're praising Maharaj Yudhishthira because he fought for the right cause. In France, people are still proud of Napoleon because he fought for France, which they consider to be the right cause. But it's useless. They're considering themselves French, therefore they think Napoleon fought for the right cause. But Yudhishthira Maharaj, he actually fought for the right cause because he fought on for Dharma. He fought for Christians. So this is very important. Sometimes you see that our devotees, they become attracted to the qualities of non-devotees. You see that someone is very well-behaved and someone has a lot of determination. We can learn from that also. Chanakya Pandit, he teaches us that we can take from any source. There's a good thing, we can take it from any source. What does he say? You can select a, a good wife, even from a lower class family. You can take, if you find some gold in a dirty place, you can take it out. It's not, even though the dirty place is contaminated, you can take it. You can, if you find nectar in the midst of poison, you can take that out. Sri Ratnam Dushkuladapi, even though girl is from a lower caste, you can take, she is actually a highly qualified. So he gave the example also that you can learn some things from the dog. What will you learn from a dog? You criticize the dog. The dog also has some qualities. He's very faithful to his master. It's a good quality. Then uh, he's alert as soon as he's awake. He doesn't lie around thinking, oh, now I have to get up, how horrible. Immediately gets up. So some things you can learn, even from the dark. So you can learn also, when you see some qualities in non-devotees, you can learn from them. But we shouldn't think that it in itself is a good quality, because it's misapplied. Someone may be very kind and gentle, we can learn. That's generally a good quality, although there's also a time for it. In Krishna's service, it's also a time for harshness, just like Maharaj Yudhishthira was inclined to be gentle. But when the time for harshness came, he also was ready for it, just like before the battle. He very respectfully, in a very gentlemanly way, approached all the leaders of the opposite party and offered, offered his respects to them and asked for their blessings. Please give us your blessing so that we can fight and kill you. And ask them, how can we kill you? He asked them, oh, Drona, how can we kill you? Vishma, how can we kill you? Please tell me. Ashwatthama, how can we kill you? So he, was, he knew the time for gentlemanliness and he knew the time for being harsh also. So generally, Vaishnava quality, 
Sadhu politics, peaceful, gentle investigators. We see that even in the non-devotees, sometimes you see these people, by their nature that they have acquired it from the modes of material nature, they are very well behaved. Whereas sometimes we see our devotees, they are very rough with it due to the qualities that are acquired in the modes of material nature. So a devotee is expected to be well-behaved, but even if a devotee is not so well-behaved, if he's engaged in Krishna's service, he's better situated than someone who is well-behaved, but not engaged in Krishna's service. Because the person who's not engaged in Krishna's service, whatever good things he may be doing, it's not for the right cause. It's misapplied. Not that a devotee should take that as an excuse to misbehave. But it should be understood that even if someone is not behaving properly, if he's engaged in Krishna's service, then Krishna says, Even if someone be very badly behaves, if he's engaged in my if he has the intention to serve me without any deviation, he's considered a sadhu. But that doesn't mean that one can go on being a rascal and say, I'm a sadhu, I'm serving Krishna. Because Krishna says, next, Shipram Bhavati Very quickly that person becomes fully religious. So, if someone goes on committing abominable activities, that means he's in the name of serving Krishna. That means he's not actually properly serving. He's not making proper advancement. Devotee, he reflects the qualities of Krishna. His devotee advances. He reflects the qualities of Krishna. Yes, Yasti Bhakti Bhagavati Kinchana Sarvari Gunaiza Tatra Samasati Suraha Harava Bhaktasya Kutomahanguna Manorati Nasati Dhavatodi. This is qualified Bhagavatam. But those who are engaged in Krishna's service, Akinchana, so many times you find Ananya Bhav, Ananya Bhaja, firm devotional service, no deviation, only for Krishna. So such a person, they develop all the good qualities of the demigods. Demigods means they have good qualities due to their pious activities. So they develop good qualities. So that automatically comes to someone who engages in Krishna's service. But someone who apparently has good qualities, they may be good qualities, but they're not actually good qualities because they're only on the, they're only permutations and combinations of the three modes of material nature. That means someone has an apparent good quality, but it's applied in the wrong way, not for the right cause. Just like someone who needs, let us be kind to the poor, let us arrange to feed them need. Or let us be considerate to the women, that shouldn't they have the right to determine what to do with their own body and kill the child within the womb, have an abortion. It's also considerate the people, they, have, they consider it morally correct that we will allow this abortion. Isn't it not morally correct? We should consider that now after all these people are married but they don't like each other very much so why not allow them to get divorced? Seems like a good. We should be considerate. 
considering that all on the manoratinas, on the mental side, therefore they don't actually know what is good or what is right. Misapplied kindness. It's applied to the body. The bodily concept of life. We will be happy by enjoying this body. So Prabhupada so many times gave the example of saving, going to save the drowning man. But then you save his shirt. So what actually is the benefit? If someone is drowning, you go out, you get, bring them back to shore and say that that's very good. If you go out, swim, go out to them, take off their shirt and bring it back, it's the same endeavor in thought, but it's useless. Because you, you didn't understand what that endeavor should be used for. It's the same endeavor, but it's useless. So in the same way people, they may be endeavoring with determination and they have so many good qualities and they do so many things. But if it's not applied in the service of Krishna, then it's on the bodily concept of life and it's all useless, misapplied. Furthermore, someone who has got apparently good qualities, that will change in course of time. It's not fixed because it's, it's on the mental plane. So now they may be very kind, but according to the modes of material nature that they associate with, then in course of time, they'll, the demoniac qualities will again become prominent. Who is nice today may be not nice tomorrow, so-called nice. These are not fixed because they're not connected with devotional service, which is the intrinsic function of the soul. Therefore, the so-called good qualities, for one point they're misapplied, Another point, they're only connected with the false ego. So, the false ego that is basically in everything in the wrong direction. Plus, it's not a false ego, there are so many changes, it's always changing position. Now, due to false ego, I'm identifying, I am this body, I am Gujarati, I am 20 years old. But then after some time, that will change. Now I'm a dog. I am a cat, according to the body. So what will happen to those good qualities? They're, they're, not, they're not permanent and they're not properly placed. So, again, it comes from ignorance. If one knows what is the proper purpose of life, then everything he does is going in the right direction. But if you don't know what the proper purpose of life is, and don't act in that way, then even your noble, noble, valiant qualities, it's all wasted. So many people in the world, they're struggling, struggling for so many everything, useless things. They're trying to become a sports champion, or, or a film personality, or leading politician. So much endeavor. It's all useless, waste of time. Now you're all endeavoring who will be the Prime Minister. Now someone became the Prime Minister. What is the ultimate benefit to them or anybody else? Unless they know Krishna. Yudhishthira Maharaj, he was the king. He knew Krishna, so he knew how to rule over the state so that people may get eternal benefit. But simply to become a political leader without doing that, what is the actual benefit? There is, not only is there not benefit, but there is great harm. 
So we are praising Yudhishthira Maharaj as the ideal king. But others have some qualities, leadership qualities, whatever. But because it's not applied in the right cause, the service of Krishna, all useless. So this is an important point. Yudhishthira Maharaj, he was fighting for the right cause. So we should know what that is. The right cause is Krishna's cause. Krishna's cause at the present time and all time. The purpose of the creation is to give the conditioned souls a chance to revive their loving mentality towards Krishna, especially at the present time. It is meant for spreading Krishna consciousness. This is the right cause. Anyone who takes part in it will become glorious, will become dear to Krishna. It may seem that others, well, they're more important, they're more learned. But the devotee of Krishna, those who are working on behalf of Krishna to spread Krishna consciousness, they become dear to Krishna. We may find people who are more learned than our devotees, who may be deeply learned in Shastra or in anything else. But they're not becoming dear to Krishna if they're not making the endeavor to bring others to Krishna. There may be others who are more austere than our devotees. But if they're not engaged in Krishna's service to bring others to Krishna's service, then that doesn't make them very dear to Krishna, simply by being austere. It's better than being licentious, in indulging in gross sense gratification. But again, unless it's centered on pleasing Krishna, then what is the actual benefit? So this is the right cause. That's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has made very clear. Jale Deko Tarakaha Krishna Upadesh Varagya Guru Haik Tarakadesh. Wherever you go, wherever you meet, instruct them in the science of Krishna. In this way, become a guru and deliver the world, deliver the sun. So this is the cause. We are one time trying to extricate ourselves from this illusion, but it's such an emergency situation, we can't wait until we're just all completely learned and qualified and so many women. We have to go and preach immediately. Can't wait till I've learned the whole Vedanta Sutra, Ramayana, Upanishads, and when I've learned them all and all the different commentaries, then I'll preach. You won't make it in this life. You don't have the brain capacity to even remember all this. But if at any stage we can inspire others to chant Hare Krishna, then even without understanding all the philosophy behind it, there's so much for us, then uh, we do that and we become dear to Krishna. So this is the right cause. Not that we shouldn't understand it. Also, philosophy should be understood for the sake of Ourselves that we will have the right conception, what is the meaning of chanting Hare Krishna? So that our doubts can be cleared, and so that we can clear the doubts of others. But we shouldn't get misled this way, that way. There are so many side paths we can go up. 
path of Krishna consciousness is very straight, forward, and clear. Anande Balo Hari Bhajavindanam Sri Guru Vaishnava Bhadu Majayana. Just simply chanting Hare Krishna, being happy, aspiring to serve the land of Vrindavan, following the orders of Guru, associating with Vaishnavas, the principles are very, very different. So it's very good to have clear, simple visions. Simply, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I am his servant. So what do I have to do? I have to serve. So simple. Philosophy of Krishna is very, very simple. Nothing different. Sometimes you become mixed up in different complexities. Because the world is complex. No doubt. How this world is existing, how it's resting on Krishna's energies. Krishna has so many different energies. Palasya Shakti, Vividhaiva Shuryati, Swabhavati, Jnana Balakrita. Krishna has unlimited energies. His knowledge potency, his activity potency, they're all working under his direction automatically. So to understand Krishna's energies, it's very complex. You see, the students that study physics, it's very complex how all these things are going on. But the simple understanding is that all these energies are going on under the direction of Krishna. And you become the greatest physicist just by understanding that. You may not understand all the different things, refraction of light and electrical waves and so many different things. But if you understand the essence, these are all Krishna's energies. Everything is working under Krishna's direction. Then you become automatically topmost physicist. Whereas someone who may understand so many different points about physics, but if he doesn't see that Krishna is the supreme physicist behind everything, then he missed the whole point. So it's the same thing. You have to come to the right point, you have to come to the right cause, and everything is perfect. If a devotee offers Krishna flower with love, that is most significant. So it seems significant. But because Krishna is significant, that is the most significant thing. Whereas if someone else organizes an army, conquers an empire, it's all meaningless. Because it's applied in the wrong place. So Yudhishthya Maharaj is being praised here. There may have been other kings who were also pious. There may have been other kings who were better fighters, or more noble, or whatever. But because Yudhishthya Maharaj is a devotee of Krishna, and he offered all his endeavors to Krishna, therefore he's being glorified in the pages of Bhagavatam as the topmost highest king, because he knew what is the right cause to apply his endeavors in Hare Krishna. Is there any question? The qualities of non-devotees, because they're not rooted in bhakti, then they're temporary. Because they're not rooted in bhakti. Mm. So, in what sense are the devotional qualities eternal? Because the devotional qualities are eternal because they are connected with the soul. That means devotional service, kindness in devotional service. 
What does that mean? That you see other living beings as part of Sahasra Krishna and you try to help them to come to Krishna. So that is an intrinsic inherent quality of the soul which is not lost. Once that quality is always there, but it's covered over by material concepts of life. But when one revives that, that is never lost. When the Krishna consciousness is revived, that quality remains. Whereas kindness on the material platform, because we identify with the body, we think, let me feed someone. Let me provide a hospital. So the activity in itself cannot provide any permanent benefit. And also, as I was explaining in the class, the attitude will change in consequence. You'll change body. You'll, in the course of material life, you mix with different people and different situations in the modes of nature, and you're affected by that association. So someone who may be very kind in this life may be cruel in another life. Because the mentality changes, the attitude changes. To understand? Yes, can we infer that if uh, someone develops a quality, emotional quality, and then he takes another birth, that that same quality will manifest as long as he's on the path of yeah, whatever is developed in devotional service is not lost, even if it's not completely manifested. It may be that someone, even on the material platform, if they have some qualities that may carry on to their next life also. It may not just, it may not suddenly change that you're a very pious person in this life and a demoniac person in the next life. It may take some time also.